nerds. Welcome to the Superhero Hour Hour. This is the only show on the internet where we talk about every live-action television show that is based on a comic book or a comic book property. I am your host for the evening. My name is Taylor. We're taking a journey through the stars, and that's it. With me as always, <laughs> that's Ryan. It. <laughs> that sounds so, like a big fucking deal. If I have other ideas for tonight, they're out. <laughs> nope, we're going on a journey through the stars. I feel like that if... You have like if it's we're going on a journey through the stars and you're like, can we do a couple of other things? You're kind of being an asshole, right? Journey through the stars feels like enough for everyone. That's not yeah. enough for you. Yeah, it's like what you want us also stop by the Seven Eleven before we go. Fuck you. We're going to the stars. Also with me is Greg Taylor. Greg here. Uh, I don't mean to be a party pooper, but is this a metaphorical travel through the stars where we literally? No, buddy. We are. Go- I have built a rocket ship. We are going to space. I'm using that aeronautics degree that I never talk about. <laughs> Also with me is Mike. I was really hoping it was like Hollywood stars, not uh, no, 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 Jim Belushi. Listen, that's, that's John Belushi. John Belushi. <laughs> All the Belushi's, yeah. your little pink Travis mouth Belushi. <laughs> Steve Buscemi. And when Belushi. you say you built a rocket ship, it's yeah. one of those things where you got two cardboard boxes, taped them together, and wrote on it, to-do list, no, build a rocket Ryan, ship. Ryan, I got the fancy plastic boxes, and then I put the materials yeah. in it. To build a real rocket but ship, you, you got that just right like Matthew McConaughey in Interstellar. <laughs> and the Lincoln Lawyer. The original Space Cowboy. Yes. Oh, Matthew McConaughey. Listen, if, if, if we're going to talk about original Space Cowboys. Tommy we, Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> Who else was in that? Was it like Who Robert else had Crinkle Face? Clint Eastwood, Donald yeah. Sutherland, future Roy Rogers. Yeah. Laser Gun Dale Evans. <laughs> <laughs> those, are the, those are the space cowboys. On laser gun, Dale Evans. <laughs> 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 For some reason, I thought you were going to say laser gun Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> That's a oh, space cowboy. Yeah, that is a fucking space cowboy. How much, are, how much better would Armageddon have been if they're oh. like, oh, we need to bring Dale Earnhardt in? Into the wall and straight into heaven. <laughs> Dale Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt <laughs> Jr.? Oh. No, the, the older one. No, Junior the original. One. The OG. Paul Has- Walker. Hashtag, people who are going to drive this right into Dale. <laughs> Oh, R.I.P. Paul and Dale. Paul and Earnhardt and Dale Walker. We, sure. We miss you, buddies. We miss we Clearly. Miss you so much. Who else died in a fiery crash? Oh, let's list that off. Let's fun list game, fun game. <laughs> James the, Dean? The people that uh, Matthew Broderick uh, killed in that car crash that he was in? Sonny oh. Bono. Sonny Bono. <laughs> the fiery <laughs> ski crash. Just lit on fire. Yeah. He ran into a tree on That's why you don't exploded. use rocket skis. <laughs> I don't know a lot about Sonny Bono, and yet I feel like we can say that's such a Sonny Bono <laughs> thing <laughs> to happen. Boniest thing you He did. died like he lived upon rocket skis. <laughs> that's baller shit. <laughs> I would listen. If anyone out there, or any of our listeners, owns or has access to rocket skis, hit me up. I feel like our parents. I spent, know how I want to die. Our parents spent most of their lives trying to figure out the share Sonny Bono thing. Like, uh, what's up? But I can see that Cher was into rocket skis. Yeah, oh, yeah. Dude. yeah, That was the guy that you hooked up with. When you head to the mountain and there's someone going crazy with the rocket skis, weaving yeah. in and out of trees. The, the song I Got You, Babe, has in parentheses, and your rocket yeah. skis at the end. <laughs> but it's just too long for Spotify, so people forget. And that's why they had that album, Rocket Ski Jamboree. Uh-huh. That was so big. That wasn't just a real concert they had. <laughs> he wouldn't take them off the entire show. What would you... 
Does you? <laughs> does no, you, I'm gonna have rocket skis and not fucking wear them. I've, yeah. Does Hugh Hefner ever take his slippers off? <laughs> I think the fuck not. Are they rocket slippers. They're rocket slippers. Well, yeah, they're rocket they sleep sli- hard. <laughs> oh shit! Did he just strap a jetpack to each foot and yeah. call them rocket skis? <laughs> did you guys like ever, Christopher Columbus did with a feather? Did you guys ever watch? No, wait, the, Yankee Doodle. I meant Yankee Doodle, guys. Hold on. <laughs> you fucking macaroni. Did, <laughs> Did you guys ever watch that uh, show on? I think it was on E, where it was like the the Playboy bunnies and like just their lives. Oh, yeah, with, with Hugh Hefner. I will never forget the episode where Hugh Hefner bought Air Force Ones, <laughs> and like someone had to try to explain to him on air what Air Force Ones were. And he's like, I don't know, they were shoes in a bottom. And they're like, okay, but like, so here's here. Do you know what G Unit is? <laughs> and someone, it's a myth. I've written the magazine for years. There's no woman has a G unit. <laughs> oh, you know, speaking of women and G units, we <laughs> saw Avengers Endgame, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But And before we get to that, we're talking about Avengers Endgame <laughs> and, Umbrella, and Umbrella Academy. Hey, everybody. My name's Taylor, and I'm going to take you on a journey through the stars. <laughs> on this week's episode of the MCU, the four of us went to see... Avengers Endgame. It is the 22nd Marvel movie, <laughs> the second to last in Phase 3, and the movie that wraps up the Thanos and his stones storyline. Boy's got some stones. He and, passes those stones. And gentlemen, we had planned to come here and review it, and I don't think that we can Why? for a couple reasons. One, Because you didn't see it. I didn't see it, and we should do what I didn't do. Two, um, it's a pretty unreviewable movie. Like, yeah. have you seen two or more Marvel <laughs> oh movies? God. Then you will like this movie. Yeah. yeah. And three, I think it's impossible to, even if we try as hard as we can, to not spoil it. And I don't, like, I don't want to do that. People say they don't care about spoilers, mm-hmm. but I don't want to ruin a single thing. Well, yeah. the, the, the way the internet is reacting is if people say it was good, somebody will unironically freak out and say that's spoiling it. Right. Yeah. Is, is it just with this franchise? Has the internet made us all fucking stupid? What's going on? Uh, yes. Let's talk about the this answer, instead. The answer is yes. The internet has made everyone stupid, and that's why I, a, a famously on Twitter person, <laughs> am not on Twitter famously. currently. But I do like how we're sort of, in general, handling the spoiler so far. Uh, a football player of my youth, I think it was uh, LaShawn McCoy, uh, tweeted about a spoiler. Not even like, haha, I'm going to get you. He just said a thing about a movie, and people fucking murdered him. Like, it's not cool. We're going to skip the entire conversation. We're going to fast forward to um, a different conversation that you, I didn't tell you, tell you guys about. But how do we feel now? Unplanned conversation? <laughs> with no spoilers about the future of this like, gigantic franchise. Do we think that we're all done and that's fine? Or are we excited about what the future holds by what we know about and what maybe we don't know about? I'm fucking jazzed. I think they've set themselves up for the perfect place because... They were the only game in town for so long, and now DC EU is starting to figure it out by having different tones and doing different things. And I think this is how Marvel can have it cake, have its cake and eat it too. So they remain, as far as this stuff goes, the only game in town. They will be the only game in town because now they can be weird and different because they've basically closed the chapter on this tone if they want to yeah. and do weird yeah. shit going on out. I don't think that we will ever see another Marvel movie that is this scale or them try to set up something like this ever again. Yeah. <laughs> But I do think that they they very clearly wanted this to be like, we're closing it, it's done. Because it, it's such an audacious achievement, mm-hmm. both the, the span of the whole 22 movies, but also this movie itself to actually yeah. put an effective 
affecting cap uh-huh. on everything that it's almost like you have to let them have the right of just wash, rubbing their hands and being like, okay, we're done for a little Let's bit. Let's walk away. Yeah, we is, like did something. Is here. this is this the most is this the biggest movie ever with the most characters uh, like named characters? It has to be. I I would. I need to find a movie that has more because it's like a Russian novel. Yeah, like (laughs) there's like a hundred characters, and that's how they did it. Instead of making it two hour War and Peace, they really did make a forty four hour War and Uh Peace. You know, and then we got the last chapter. There's like no spoilers, but every now and then in this movie, there would be a character that would just like pop up on screen in a corner, and I'd be like, Oh yeah, (laughs) that motherfucker's in (laughs) in this franchise. Hi, I'm here as well. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, what? Uh, I totally forgot about this. But, like, yeah, there's just characters that have just been sprinkled throughout. And now they can pull from literally any one of them if they want to, like, come back with another movie in, like, two months. And yeah. they're like, here you go. Here's a compelling movie of a character you already know something about. They, I- they're, they're doing this thing where I would say that although it's probably not at the heights of Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America... We're moving forward with Captain Marvel, Spider-Man, and Black Panther, Mm -hmm. right? Yes, the new Trinity. And now they're going to build around that. Um, But are are we nervous about it's just never going – those movies are never going to have the impact that these last like maybe five years did. I am not nervous. I think I'm I'm welcoming that. Because we're talking like Shang-Chi and the Eternals. Mm -hmm. But – Remember what we thought about Guardians of the Galaxy yeah, a year before a, that? You, if you make a one of these very exciting action comedies, it doesn't matter what characters they are based around. And they seem to have basically gotten the formula down. And I think the audience is very receptive mm-hmm. to the to very similar maneuvers. So I, I think that they, they could, as much as they wanted to, do a whole bunch of new franchises. What about this, though? And this is something that has not worked for comics in, like, 30 years. And so, like, and I don't know if it will work for movies... So we have Spider-Man at the top, right? And then Iron Man, it's hard to remember, but it's like it was a B or C yeah, level character. Sure. And then we have the Guardians, and now we're at that level with the Shang-Chi's and the Eternals. What about a character in an MCU movie that was that does not come from comic books? That they put it in that world, but it's not based on something that was on paper. Ooh. Would that flop even though nobody reads the comic books? Right. Yeah. Would that still like make them feel weird? That is such a it's weird how like there's like a weird energy uh-huh. around that question. Like, oh, I don't know about that. that <laughs> that doesn't I, seem right. I, I don't think that they would do that just because then they aren't getting the double dipping profits. Why off do of, that? Yeah, and it, yeah. Would, and it, I do think they've not just the formula of the action comedy like that, but they Nebula in the movies is not Nebula from the comics, and nobody's freaking out. They just they so they needed a character. They found a name from the past, and they yeah. used it. How do right. we reskin this? Let's go and let's uh, like even Tony Stark, uh, Robert Downey Jr. changed who he was in the comics because he wasn't always the funny smirky guy. Yeah, uh, he was just a drunk asshole. Yeah, he was so dark for yeah. much, so oh, much of his run. He's just every one of my dad's friends. Yeah, but now he's fun to hang out with. Drunk and alone and paralyzed <laughs> for a while. But in the for a while, just like, <laughs> a little, like a summer. Yeah. Uh, but you're right, Mike. That's like now we have a Tony Stark with personality, and then in the comic books now Tony Stark has Robert Downey Jr.'s uh-huh. personality. And yet, if we get a character that didn't come from comic books, people would think it's weird. Yeah, but I bet so many. It'd be the the us of the room who would be like, "Oh, that's weird." But most of our family members and everything would be like. I mean, I didn't know who fucking Guardians were, so this is some obscure 70s character? Captain Marvel is going to make $300 million, or already past $300 million. How many people had on the in the country had heard of Carol Danvers right. before yeah. that? 
I raised my hand for the audience at well, home. Uh, well, yeah. all of us had. You I mean, dickhead. Com- definitely comic like book people. She's nice. Had, but yeah, your average person. But had Carol not. Danvers' issues of comic books sell forty thousand an issue. Mm-hmm. That is a very very small number. Yeah. I guess we'd have to see. And I don't think they'd ever try just for fear. I think that they have the least fear of any franchise going right now. Oh, and yeah. still, that feels like a bridge Which is far. why it's a perfect time for us to finally do Moon Knight the way it's intended. <laughs> Guys, I'm here to pitch for you. I will direct Moon Knight. I will write, oh, don't direct, up. produce. <laughs> wow. Marvel Studios, hit me up. Your strike while the iron is hot, my friends. Moon Knight is a good example because TV continues to be a pretty big Marvel failure. Mm-hmm. But... Moon Knight is no space, no big bad guys, no like huge powers. That's that feels like a TV character. Will they take some of these characters and make smaller scale movies about them? I hope so. That's yeah. that's the thing that I know she is on that level. That'll right. be cool and fun. Yeah. That's the thing I'm hopeful for now that they've closed out this chapter with Endgame, where they're like they don't need to do the huge like exponentially growing like plot lines i hope that they can do the things that where like expectations are lower and the stakes are lower and we can just have fun movies and they can experiment a little bit more and do slightly weirder stuff Mm -hmm. do you yeah that's what i think they're going to be able to do i think they're going to be able to go for the hail marys now and because of that the it'll stay fresh in the next phase because they have this success and they they did it kind of by the numbers I think they can invent new things going into the future or just remix the crazier elements of comics. Also, it's crazy to say they did it by the numbers, by inventing new numbers. Yeah. Like, this is not a thing that's been done. And now we're like, well, that's the formula. But like, well, I guess I just mean the formula of like the story. Right, they right. The story yeah. laid out. The other crazy thing, too, again, without spoilers, is that maybe the problem with TV is that it's, it's felt too far from that tone, and we don't trust the people working on it. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about the Marvel Netflix shows as being like something that we watch, I guess, yeah. in a very different way than we talk about the movies. Um, Endgame very specifically sets up a Disney Plus show. Mm-hmm. So does that change with TV? Now are we going to have more connectivity between TV and movies? Yeah. And so Moon Knight can have a Disney Plus show. And then his own movie, and then being a new Avengers guy. You keep saying more stuff about how Moon. Knight's I should have picked a different character. <laughs> keep talking about how uh, Moon Knight's going to be the next dinosaur Avengers. before Moon Knight. It seems how weird. Dare like you. I'm going to fire up the Disney Plus to watch our Moon Knight. What kind of Moon Knight is that going to be? It's not going to be the gritty, crazy taxi driver could, who's it, like it beating people be. up in alleys. It could be. We don't know what the tone of Disney Plus is. I, I feel like we do, we do know, know what the tone, the tone is. is. <laughs> oh, 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 it seems like I'm alone here. I'm a, I'm a man alone. Do you think it's Much be- like Moon Knight. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's just on Disney Minus? Disney After Dark. <laughs> You're tuned into the sexy Disney show. <laughs> I, if I didn't know what the reputation was, if like the amount that we're hinging this on the Eternals and Doctor Strange 2 frightens me a little bit. Mm-hmm. But their reputation and people's fervor for this shit is at such a high point where I think that we're in for at least another 11 years. Oh, you know? for sure. It, yeah, we're it's a real Walking Dead scenario. Another Great. Black- <laughs> we're going to get at least one more Black Panther, but you'd expect yeah. there'd be at least be two more Black Panthers, right? For sure. We're going to get at least one more Guardians of the Galaxy, but you'd expect at least two more of these, right? <laughs> are you guys sort of hoping that 21 Bridges fails? So Chadwick Boseman's like, all right, I'll just do Marvel from <laughs> right. here on out. Yes. Uh, we're going to get more into depth in Endgame in like a month or so. We're going to, after everybody's seen it, then we're going to give our thoughts. But yeah, I think that Endgame definitely is the end of a chapter, but not the end of a book. Like yeah. the future, I still think is bright-ish, if not super, super bright. 
All right. Well, that is our current discussion of Avengers Endgame. Tune in later when we discuss in depth with all the spoily spoilers. But now we move on to the thing that we usually do, which is talk about television, which don't have like, you know, 10 years of, you know, build up to them. So we're going to talk about the Umbrella Academy season finale right after this. On the season finale of Umbrella Academy, Vanya escapes and kills Pogo, the ethically complicated monkey. (laughs) Then she destroys her childhood home and next does the most baller thing a supervillain can do. Takes the bus to her big concert to end the world. Her brothers and sisters show up to stop her, but their plan backfires when they accidentally blow up the moon. Having conclusively and resoundingly failed in their mission to stop the apocalypse by, in fact, causing it, the gang decides to go back in time and give it another go. You have to imagine they could only improve on this effort. So, gentlemen, I ask you this. Has any group of adventurers ever fucked up as big as blowing up the moon and ending all life on Earth as a result? I gotta say, I very clearly like this episode Uh and season. Because I'm saying that I like this episode based on what Taylor just said. Yeah. <laughs> I should be saying this was a bunch of bullshit. If if this whole show and they get run for six seasons and then a movie is just them trying to redo and refine the actions, I, I will like it more every season. It's I was so excited when we I got to the end of this episode and they were like, Listen guys, we fucked up real bad do-over and they're like yeah sure fuck it why not because i'm not sure if this is what they were going for but the way allison attacks vanya at the end is to like hit her with an incredible amount of sound which vanya uses as a weapon right so she causes vanya basically to blow the moon up and everybody on earth dies i just like i love that as an ending for like okay that's our first season we hope to come (laughs) back and do better next time you guys and that i don't know if this is always there or it couldn't have been but when I watched this episode, it said at the end, just so you know, we're coming back. There's going to be a second <laughs> season. We got picked up. We're all good. Moon is fine, guys. I, d- I do hope that they just every season they fuck up and somehow there's a new way that the Earth is. <laughs> and I want it to be as cool as pieces of the moon just yeah, hurtling directly towards the The best part about it is that a very common action in superhero thing is to hit the arm of the person shooting the gun or doing the energy blast. And we never know what happens to that. Uh-huh. And we got to see. It hits the moon. It always <laughs> hits the moon. It, and the weird thing was, before that, her blasts had been kind of just like throwing people back a little bit. And they would be like, whew, Vanya, very strong. Even though it did not seem like her attacks were that strong. And then she ups that from, I'm going to knock you over to, I'm going to blow up the entire moon. And it seemed like she has full control over it because she could kill people. Or she could gently place musicians back yeah. in their seats yeah. so they can finish the concert. Yeah. Well, okay. is, is it saying that her powers... Is she Dark Phoenix? Can her powers do whatever? Did she gently place them down to play again? Or did she set, I, fuck with their heads so I they want to play I think if you look again? at the vast amount of effects she causes in the world, it's not just that she's redirecting sound right. as like be- beams of, of energy. Yeah. She bends things. Mm-hmm. She moves. Things. Her powers are kind of non... Descript, right? Really. But also, she the caused jing- it to rain that one time. Yeah, right? yeah. like that's not that's not sound based. <laughs> uh, uh, the the Phoenix thing though is that like it, she clearly has a temper too. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. so like she will let her emotions mm-hmm. control her powers, and then be like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." Temper, temper. Did you guys get the Dark Phoenix trailer before? Yes, your- yes, I did. Not yeah. finally jazzed for it. Yeah. <laughs> right? It took it took a long time, but I'm excited for that and for season two of the Umbrella Academy. Uh, so. The beginning of this episode, Hargreaves is an alien? Yeah. Is that the, the way this show really mirrors the comic in the com- in the fact that the comic just throws stuff out like this mm-hmm. and then yeah. doesn't bring it up or really develop it at all? 
But yeah, to just be at the beginning of the episode. By the way, this dude is a really old alien. All right, continue to enjoy the show. And I was like, that's, listen, if you had said that in episode one, I would have been like, what is this bullshit? To throw it in as an aside at the beginning of episode 10, Uh that's a baller move, and I fucking respect it, my friend. In in the comic, there are like a whole fleet of pogos. There's a whole bunch of monkeys that are just smart. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And they never say in this... They're like, it's just presumed that Hargreaves makes one monkey smart and then makes a bunch of other monkeys smart. So uh, everyone in that group is actually writing the best. It was the best of times. It was the worst <laughs> of times. Like They're actually nailing it. I don't know if I needed the origin of the violin and the Umbrella Academy's name. That's the thing, too, is that when I thought it was interesting, right? But then I thought about it and I was like, oh, I wasn't thinking about this or care. Yeah. Like that, I had already like long stopped wondering like, where did this come from? I, th- I think it was there just specifically to, because this episode wrapped up everyone else's arcs. And as much as Hargreaves was dead at the beginning, he is still a character in the show and his presence is felt. So I felt like that was there just going like, Hey, he's not entirely heartless, but this, I'm like, it's too little too late. This didn't change how I thought about him at all. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is that I thought, it was cool. I thought the <laughs> Umbrella Academy was just a weird, like, semi-sequitur name for uh-huh. a school to teach kids. But he actually had an umbrella factory and named it the Academy. Why would you name your umbrella-making thing or selling thing the Academy? That made it all worse. Yeah, because that's already a sports and outdoor store. Right. <laughs> you, can't, you can't be double naming stuff. Can't uh, double name stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how did you guys feel about uh, Ellen Page when she finally put on like a suit and they gave her her barracuda moment? Uh. <laughs> oh, she's fucking badass looking now with the crazy eyes and the suit. Oh man, the the whole show was worth it for just that one scene. Like someone <laughs> was like, "We need to get Ellen Page," and they're like, "This seems like a kind of a small part for Ellen Page. Why do we need it?" And they're like, "There's gonna be this scene," and they're like, "Cool, let's get <laughs> Ellen Page to do this." And yeah, Ellen Page was great at like it. Vanya, like they worked great together, but then also Vanya's got a Vanya in that I'm I, I'm just gonna take the bus. Like yeah. most yeah. superheroes would figure out a way to use their power to yeah. float them to the concert. Yeah, yeah to kind of hover. <laughs> but she's Vanya for so long that she's like uh, seventy five cents, dollar twenty five. Did you guys notice that when they were going back in time, you probably did notice they all turned into the kid versions. Yeah. Of Does that mean season two we might get more kid times? That'd be awesome. Like oh. them as kids, I, knowing that I very much want because we only got really one example this season of the little kids using their powers yeah. mm-hmm. and I want so much more of that show me all of those bank heists that they stopped with like that that one little kid who turns into a monster yeah he yeah. just turns into tentacles speaking yeah. of and Dark he's Sp- not even the one called the Kraken yeah there's another character called the Kraken he's the horror yeah he's I the horror <laughs> speaking of Dark Phoenix like one of the problems with the X-Men franchise is that Gen- we now have to use Jennifer Lawrence all the time even if it doesn't fit in None of the Umbrella Academy adults have that grip on the show. Like, we right, can use, lose yeah. all of them for an entire season, just go back with the kids, and nobody's going to be like, oh, but Gorilla Torso actor, we miss him so much. <laughs> uh, the, his entire claim to fame is that he is very tall. He, that well, is he's Dickon Tarly. <laughs> yeah, it's his name. But then it we is. would also get to keep five, right? Yeah, we keep five oh. and Ben. So we, we'll be good. Five is great. Yeah. I, th- I want, if they can get the rest of kid actors to be that caliber. Which is tough to get that many good child actors. Yeah. But, but you already have awesome. a couple. And then going back to the, his name is the horror Yeah. The horror The horriest. They they use him sort of at a, as a deus ex machina. Uh-huh. Like he finally came. But he killed a bunch of guys that were also bad guy deus ex machina. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Like the, it was an appropriate <laughs> amount of stakes there. And what I liked is 
it did tie it emotionally in a way that I'd never thought this show could do in the beginning of the season, that it was a an emotional moment for Klaus to make that happen, that he finally broke through and accepted his powers and everything he could do. That So like he grew, and having Diego be the one to vouch for Klaus, and he's like, I can try a thing, and everybody's like, no. And Diego, who hated him the most, is like, I believe it. Like, I did not... It blew me away how much I was like, yeah, show. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Which is so rare on this podcast yeah. to like have that happen. So uh, how did you guys feel about, we've talked somewhat about the Umbrella Academy's wrap-up. How did you guys feel about uh, Hazel and Cha-Cha and their wrap-up? I didn't change my opinion that like we probably could have lost them and we would have been fine. But it- then we also would have lost that scene where he launched Mary J. Blige out of a car through the front windshield. Yeah, that was uh-huh. dope. Which is also how Tom Hanks handled everything at the end of Turner and Hooch. So I feel like it was kind of stolen. It, it's a, One, it's a bummer because their boss, the one who thinks the chickens, the eggs are smarter than the chickens or whatever, yes. she is charismatic and weird to watch. Like yeah. She has a weird energy. And every time they were on now, I'm like, why don't we get the weird lady? Let's put the weird lady <laughs> She's so stuff. charismatic that when Hazel had a gun on her, she was like, oh, what are you going to do? And I believed her. Like, yeah. sh- her cockiness. And then he just blew her away. Yeah. That <laughs> fucking worked. <laughs> I fully expected that she had some sort of special power yeah. or a plan, and that was not going to happen. But in her brain, it was like, fuck, 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 She's fuck, just fuck. used to being in control. She was making a deception try, <laughs> and she did not roll very well. And I did, the thing that did play for me was the fact that Hazel was like, you notice we don't have a briefcase? She's going to kill yeah. us. And so he betrayed his partner. But then there was a fucking briefcase. <laughs> that was the other thing, too, is that it was all explained what happened to them and like why they were trying to kill each other, right? Mm, like, yeah. Five was fucking with you, but yeah. that did not patch the relationship up. Well, no, no. because like, cause all five saying kill each other, because even he decided not to kill her, and she still tried to kill him. So it just shows like all that revealed was the tears they already had in their partnership. It just reveals that she's a better employee. Yeah. She gets the job done. Company yeah. man. Always great to have one of those. <laughs> Yeah, kill kill your bosses. That is one thing I really liked about <laughs> them, though, was that the way this is America. that something as profound as time travel agents would be co- like part of a soulless bureaucracy. Uh-huh. I, I thought that worked as a little yeah, story for I, them. I hope that we see more of that bureau doing shit in later seasons, because that episode where five goes and just works as like a little desk monkey yeah. for the bureau, and they're like, we got to make sure this Hindenburg explodes. <laughs> I want more of that. And that there was a guy who was like worse than him who'd been there for years. Yes. Like how like that's so they're like, we'll be as good as five. And he like, worked oh. he worked right behind the lady who was in charge of like killing him. It's like, hey. <laughs> I sort of have a half baked theory that you guys you guys fully bake it, so I don't have to think about okay. it anymore. Thinking about Gerard Way and sort of who his music appeals to. Cool uh, people. The the coolest of the cool people. And watching Vanya through this episode and really all of the episodes, are we doing something uh, about school shooters. And like, because once Vanya gets to a certain point, it's just on and everyone is destroyed. Mm-hmm. And so, are we watching something like, it's not our fault that school shooters happen? Like, they get the blame. But if we can go back, were there other things we could have done yeah. to make that? Mm-hmm. You know, Vanya is not mm-hmm. handling her emotions right. right. She killed fucking Pogo. Yeah. So, I don't have anything for her. But if we could go back in time, were there different things that we could do? I yeah, think it's I mean, both they, of those things at the same time. They treated her like shit her entire life. Yeah. And excluded her and actually... Told like, her she was lesser than... The the rumor using her like power against her, like it seems like such a betrayal. Uh-huh. And that yeah. sort of like abusive thing that is forgotten mm-hmm. as you grow up is like a very like resonant message and those things really hurt the most. And her black and whiteness of, Pogo, did you know about this? Uh-huh. I don't care anything else. You are dead. Right, like you were, if you if you had any hand on this, 
in this, then you are just gone. She is. That's a, a terrible scene that she does that. But we have at that point watched Pogo like five different times. Shake his do head. Do something just awful and then look at the camera and be like, oh, I feel so yeah, bad. A little I'm too. a cheeky monkey. <laughs> <laughs> a little too like, well, I'm a soldier. Couldn't yeah, speak up. At that, so much so that we were like, first of all, we were just like, is this bad of Pogo to be like this? And then we saw enough of them to we were like, no, wait, is he like some sort of evil yeah. mastermind? Yeah. Because he has been present for so many awful things. Like I, I would love if in a future season they just have a flashback episode where they go back through history and Pogo is there for every horrible. Just shaking his head. No. Yeah, he was like the Hindenburg explode. Like Pogo is actually an agent I'm of sorry. the Time Bureau, and he's made sure that all of those things. Like he's their best agent. But I don't want this to talk people out of still creating monkey butlers. Like don't no. let Pogo be the well, one example. Now that they obviously now that they have the CGI technology because I guess the Planet of the Apes movies. Like, I would put a monkey character in everything. Between Grodd and this, uh-huh. like, obviously, that's the best CGI you can get yeah, out there. just crank them out. And Some half rom-coms. the characters should be monkeys. Yeah. Now. I, th- I think the only thing that's rivaling it now is cats. I think based on Lion King and the new Toy Story, they figured out cats. How so to do give cats, me. Yeah. Give I don't me, want a give, cat butler, though. I absolutely want yeah, a Over that, a monkey butler? That cat we would knock everything both. off the table. Hargreaves is a billionaire. Give him a monkey butler, and the monkey butler has a little kitty cat assistant uh, butler. Okay. I'm gonna have to take like a lot Ooh, of allergy pills, butler. but I do like what you're saying. Right does now. does Hargreaves or did he have some sort of master plan, or did they believe that? And this is kind of proof that that wasn't the case because the apocalypse was just their own system. Like that thing that we all find out about our dads. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, you had no idea well, what you were doing. It seems like he had an inclination. He was like, "There's something about the moon. <laughs> yeah, go to the moon." Did he, like, but he didn't know what it was gonna be, and because he seems to think. Like, He's, he might be crazy, but that he needs to assemble this team to save the world. Uh-huh. And you think this whole episode, or you think this whole season is about how he had this plan and why Pogo goes along with it is potentially because mm-hmm. you have to do these really tough things. But then at the end, when Vanya herself is the agent of the apocalypse, does that mean this was just a crazy space alien old man? Who <laughs> I t- think so. Like, yeah. isn't, and that nobody's in control? It's well, just all random and happenstance? I think somewhat, Mike is right. He knew that there was something up with the moon. And so he was like, I'm going to send this guy to the moon, make sure that the moon does, because he knows the moon kills everyone. But does he, he or did he think that? And then he made it happen by putting his son on the moon and then abusing his daughter into destroying Well, that's. Moon. I'm wondering if they're going to do a thing where like, he thought that he had all the answers, but even he overlooked Vanya so much that he mm-hmm. just didn't see it happening. And I would Who I knows? would guess that for the second season, I would say that after five, that actor has his job locked down the most. Right? Oh, like yeah. he like Hard we groups? could lose yeah, yeah. We could lose all oh, of the yeah, other adults, sure. but this is not the end of his backstory. Yeah, the arched Abra one note character, he's got a pat. Do you think that's a tough shot hitting the moon? Like, do you think that was really no, bad luck? I can absolutely part? do it. Give, but <laughs> give, give me a gun that can shoot through Kobe. space. I can absolutely shoot, shoot the moon. You land amongst the stars. <laughs> Explode those. Which in that situation sucks. Like you're just floating <laughs> oh, out there. Oh no! Now. now I blew a star up. Yeah, oh, listen. Shit. Every time anyone has ever said that to me, I'm like, no, that sounds awful. You are gonna die out there. Float yeah, I'm cold and alone. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was all. Nothing. It was all Allison who or who hit the arm up. Was that Allison? Yeah. Allison? So yeah. yeah, it was her exact aim. She was like, "Fuck this! Hit the moon!" <laughs> yeah, she's the, she's the rumor, but she's also the American sniper to the moon. But Allison. now, to your point about the shooter thing, Ryan, they're they're going to use their love 
of her <laughs> and treating her nicely to avert this disaster, right? They're going to go back in time, and primarily what they have to do on their second go-round hey, is Vanya. just be nice to their sister. Like, if she I, walks in the room, be like, oh, hello, Vanya. You want to also make out with us? <laughs> I'm so oh, excited shit. for uh, these kids to accidentally create a love bomb that goes off and destroys <laughs> the world. Well, we will see what happens next season in Umbrella Academy. That uh, is it for this season. I was a little shaky at the beginning, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. Uh, they like, brought it home. Yeah, I I think this is a very recommendable season of TV. Oh, 100%. Uh, by the end, I was upset whenever I had to stop watching an episode. And come on, it came out at the same time as Doom Patrol. Yeah. That's what right. I yeah. do. That's, it's, it's a real doozy, but they I don't managed think we've to pull ev- it out. I ever had a show that we've liked as much that is being like destroyed every, ye- every week right. as much by another show yeah. as Doom Patrol and this the one. The shows that we watch are very good. Currently, during the time that we're watching them. <laughs> speaking, speaking of, it's time what to go to the poll list where we talk about those other shows that are here with us and in our brains. <laughs> poll list, the part of the show where we talk about every other show that we watched this week. Kicking it off is The Flash. This week on The Flash, Iris reprograms the time sphere and travels to 2049 where Nora wants Thawne to teach her to use the negative speed force to time travel without detection. Meanwhile, <laughs> Icicle steals a cryo-atomizer and kidnaps Caitlin and Carla. Before Icicle can kill Caitlin, Thomas Snow finds the strength to return to his human form. Cicada, who earlier kidnapped her younger self, arrives and Thomas sacrifices himself for his daughter, after which Cicada escapes with the cryo-atomizer. Elsewhere, Nora emerges from the negative speed force with glowing red eyes. Taste buds, I ask you this. If you could just put negative in front of anything in your <laughs> life to make it sound sinister, what would it be? That it, that used to, like, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. Darkwing Duck's arch nemesis was Nega yeah, Duck. And yeah. I was like, oh my god, he's oh negative no. Darkwing Duck. Yeah, th- th- this episode, so, uh, I didn't watch it, but the description of it has more words that I've never seen associated <laughs> with the show. That made me angry when I hit nerds in the stomach. Just your description had so many negative speed force. Negative speed force. That's so slow. That, that sounds slow? like, honestly, that sounds like a show that has gone on too long. When it's, you start saying negative speed force, it's like, oh yeah, you guys should have been canceled. It sounds like <laughs> what somebody in PE would scream at me if I was running a mile. <laughs> Well, the, the cryo atomizer. Yeah, so many like pre words. The Flash is on Tuesdays <laughs> on the CW. Your next show this week is Cloak and Dagger. This week on Cloak and Dagger. After Tyrone sucked mayhem into his cloak last week, Tandy is like, fuck this shit. We have to figure out what happens in there. Send me in, coach. <laughs> While she's exploring the weird dark nether realm inside Ty, he has to save his mom from a gang who's ID'd him and is going after his home address. Taste buds, I ask you this. The big showdown isn't magical dimension hopping. It's a squad of heavily armed cops going after a black teen they know for a fact is unarmed. How is Cloak and Dagger handling the real-world issues compared to some of her other shows? I thought it was okay because of how little of like a lantern they hung on it. Yeah. Because the first the front cop walks up and Mayhem Light. Cop. Bridget. Bridget is like, I told you not to come in. And the, the front cop is like, okay. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm going to do that with a black kid in the house. I didn't even think about the whole episode. Tanny's just inside yeah. Tyrone the whole time. And I do like, he's like, we don't know how it works. She's like, I don't care. And she's like getting meaner and meaner to him because he's like, it's like a, a knee-jerk reaction. I think if I think I'm in danger, it sucks people in. She's like, oh, is that how it works? And she just starts like prowling around him. <laughs> I have Boom. a question. Is it crazy that this on this show, it's like the middle of the second season and this is the first time she's actually jumped inside him? I Well, first of all, she did not tie a rope around her waist. No. Is, come <laughs> she's on. stuck. Um. And I think that they were wondering how they should and could do it. Right. Low budget, 
Dark Force, believe it or not, is sort of an important thing in Marvel lore. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that they did it was very cloak and dagger. It was not flashy. Yeah, she she walks through and it just is like the fog machine, and then <laughs> it it does seem like everybody sees a different like. Uh, it's all very personal. Like yeah. Charon, the fairy keeper, except it means something to you because uh-huh. Bridget or Mayhem sees fridge boyfriend. Still in the fridge, but now he's like cracking wise. <laughs> and, <laughs> he's and then, still in the fridge. <laughs> yeah. That's and, rad. And then Tandy sees little Ty. Uh, we don't know who Connor sees, who's lived there for months, and he's like bearded now. So time still sort of works in the Nether Realms, or what is it called? The Dark Zone? The Dark Force. The Dark, dark Force. Uh, nether Realms means like genitalia. Right? Yeah, <laughs> right in the yeah, butt. She jumped it's, right into the I, Nether Realms. Is there a negative Dark Force that comes into play yeah. at some point? Don't get fucking crazy. And and like it is like how to use your low budget like to go through like the weird memories. It's like a record store, and she's playing records to watch things. It was pretty inventive. And yeah, it was awesome. Like once it was kind of boring and I wasn't that excited because it is Cloak and Dagger, which isn't that exciting. But <laughs> once they got to the CD store, that was so crazy. And like the albums, the memories that she she's in touch with are like unwrapped, like yeah. uncellophaned. But then the ones that are cellophane, she like hasn't she dealt blocked with yet. Out. And all the different missing girls get their own album. And, and it's so just because she's like a young teen. And High doesn't know this. He's just the conduit towards the right. nega realm. He has no idea. Right. Do you guys have moments of the week, Ryan? My moment of the week is, um, I was going to say an endgame thing, but we're not going to do that. <laughs> cool. Um, so Ty and his mom mm. meet up, and they have like they have some really great scenes together, but at one point somebody pulls a gun on the two of them, and they keep one-upping each other, like, no, 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 point it at me, yeah. no, point it at me, and this goes on for like 12 <laughs> times. Uh, mine, it's either the beginning or the end of that, point it at me, point it at me, because this is a kid that Ty saved last week. Uh, and he's like a younger gang member, and he has a gun. And the mom goes full like mama bear, and she goes, "You want to be a big man? Come at me. My son hasn't had a chance to live. I think you have. Like it's fucking crazy. It's one of those being a mom is its own superpower. Yeah, it was I awesome. Ha- I hate scenes like this where two people are both trying to sacrifice themselves at the same moment. I can't remember another example, but yeah, <laughs> man, that is oh, it's generally the worst scene. It's so embarrassing for both of them. Like, no, I want to be the hero. No, I want to be the hero. Never works well. Cloak and Dagger <laughs> is on Hulu and also Freeform. It's a good episode. Your next episode of the show this week is Happy. On this week's episode of Happy, Happy tries to begin a relationship with Bo Peep. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Toy which Story? Mother Goose character would you most want to begin a relationship with? Bo Peep. Listen, let's not even... We all know there's a reason everyone's trying to fuck Bo Peep in all records of I media. feel like Bo Peep is off the table. Happy is yeah, with Bo Peep. Yeah, is with Bo Peep, you well, fucking homewrecker. No, because first, Woody was with Bo Peep, you fucking animals. There's more than one Bo Peep, bro. Right, yeah. so I will fuck my Bo Peep. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Little Miss Muppet. Yeah, I'm a tough it sitter. Yeah, She always has a place to sit. Yeah. I'm going to tough it out. We could say that a lot. Our number out. one thing is like looking for a place to sit. Really so. into cheese byproducts. Are we close enough as three friends to all marry the same girl? I think so. If it's <laughs> Little Miss Muffet? That is a real friendship test. I've been trying to push that well, for years. Well, you three can. I've, I've still got Bo Peep. Can we make it as sister wives? <laughs> Tune in to find out. How about just Mother Goose? Like, could we do, like, oh, can we take the, the queen? Take no. the queen, Mother Goose. I, I don't think I have that sexual charisma. You yeah. come at the queen, you best Bo Peep. <laughs> Geese are way too scary, dude. Yeah, that's true. She's going to like honk and then like flap her wings and I'm just going to be out. <laughs> Happy is on Sci-Fi on Wednesday night. And your next show this week is Arrow. To fight the Ninth Circle's newest scheme, which nobody really knows what it is, John has to confront his past and ask for help from his estranged stepdad, General Ernie Hudson Stewart. Meanwhile, Felicity is struggling with what her legacy will be. Taste buds, I ask you this. 
In past episodes that sideline Ollie, they put him in a completely different plot line so he doesn't distract. How does Arrow fare letting him be a fully supporting character in somebody else's story? He is the actor and the character and the screenwriters and everyone, um, without that extra plot line, are all so annoyed and therefore are annoying. <laughs> so it's just like, y- you didn't have that busy of a day, but your wife or whoever comes mm-hmm. home and they did. And you're just like, what happened? What happened? Tell me about it. Can I help you with that? What I, I thought it worked. It, I got he, the highest score on Tetris I've ever gotten today. Do you want to hear about it? He didn't work. I really liked, because John has been around forever and the show was like, well, he's great. Let's ignore him for years. I really liked having a full episode <laughs> Save to be that shit up. about John. Uh, and I thought John handled it well. But yeah, Ollie was like, your stepdad seems fine. And he's like, mother, listen to what John is telling you. Don't just be like, I met him for a minute. He's cool. When did you realize what John Diggle's stepdad's last name is? Like, when did you put all that together? Oh, immediately. They said Stewart. And then I was like, Old Flash said, John, where's your ring? That's why he's John Stewart, host of, host the, Daily of the Daily Show. show. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was cool. I like that. The part that I'm getting less cool with is just Amico in general. Yeah. And I'm not as pissed as I have been in previous Arrow storylines because I think the storylines that I'm bored with take so much time. Mm-hmm. This one doesn't take that much, but it is still, it's not working and I want it gone. I think it, it seems like it will be soon because Ollie, the frustrating in a like very Arrow way, he's like, hey, Dante killed your mom. And she goes, I don't care. And like stabs Ollie. And then... It cooked for a while in her head, and she's like, I think I do care. And then did give us a badass moment. Walking forward, shooting arrows, and talking will uh-huh. always look cool. <laughs> it's like that thing where you're like, hey, toss me that thing, even though that person's walking towards yeah. you and could easily hand it. They still throw it. She did that, even though she could have just stabbed him stabbed right in the him balls. Stabbed right there, but I'm going to shoot you. Dante, do you guys have moments of the week? I think the moment of the week was when I put Finkel, Einhorn, John Stewart. <laughs> oh, my God, Green Lantern. <laughs> Uh, they're working with the DIA now because they, they've decided there's not enough uh, lettered agencies on the show. Uh, but I think it's the DIO, right? The DIO? Ronnie James DIO. Holy arrow! The DIO comes through the ceiling of smoke tech and like in full mask and it looks cool and is lame as head. It's like good moment of the week and bad all wrapped in one because it looked cool for a second and I was like, are they just like... They're just above the tile. Like, are they? I want to hear their countdown. I want to see the the pre scene that they're just waiting up there in the vents. Uh, well, Arrow is on Monday nights on the CW. Your next show this week is Gotham. This week on Gotham, Bane and his men attack the GCPD in a oh maneuver no. so stupid that it makes me sad. <laughs> Penguin takes a grenade to the eyeball, and everyone has to retreat so that baby bats can blow up a building. Barbara and Jim co-stab Nissa Al Ghul while baby bats and baby cats fight Big Boy Bane. <laughs> Bruce is able to win the fight by using a piece of tech that summons bats, and he looks at the bats and is like, "Bats, mm, bats, makes you think, you know, when you see all these bats." And after he saves the city, he makes a big deal about leaving. Like, "Hey, I'm gonna go. So if you see a guy later who's like me, but also like my new favorite thing, bats." That's not me, because I'll be gone. <laughs> Bats forever. I'm out. So, gentlemen, I ask you this. With one episode of this show left, what do you hope you see in the finale? What I hope I see in the future for this podcast is that <laughs> the board starts sending me the same paragraphs that they send you to read, because you sounded like an old-school issue of Variety. Like, baby bats, baby cats, box office, bobo. <laughs> That's unfair. Um, I hope that... Did you guys watch the next week on? No, I, I shouldn't have. I routinely don't do that because I, it, it's just so much more fresh to not have seen that. 
what yeah. was on it. <laughs> yeah, Every- but now I want you to tell me because you know it's so what I want. You guys know. will see in a week. But um, <laughs> this episode was fun yeah. and did everything it could in 44 minutes. But there was definitely this feeling of sloppiness. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was like, oh, we got to go fast. We have a party to plan and we got 45 minutes. Got to go fast. Um, but there was so much that just, it's not, and, it, and I'm like going out, like disregarding the logic, like uh-huh. the Gotham logic, I know. But like so much of like the fighting, like the uh, Gordon and uh, Barbara versus Nissa fight, uh-huh. it, everything looked like shit. Yeah. Everything looked like shit. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the attack on the GCPD by Bane. The thing they had to do, because they already gave you in the premiere episode, that there was going to be this big attack on the wall. Right. This one, to me, it didn't seem to sync up very well. Knowing where they were going to be, it didn't seem like it married up to it entirely. And then the plan Bane has is, we're going to stand at the base of the wall and shoot up to a position above us. And then after a few of us get shot... Then we'll bring in our missile right. launcher, and then we'll just blow a hole in the well, wall and I, run through. And then, and that's all leading to a classic uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man one ending of "You don't mess with New York. We <laughs> me- you mess with New York, we mess with you." What are you gonna do? Shoot all of us? We've got yes, rocks and cans. I'm Bane. Yeah, I came here to shoot everybody. I only fight revolutionary war tactics, <laughs> but goddamn it, I'll shoot all of you. Yeah, that was lame as hell. Take cover. Uh, yeah, and uh, did you guys hear that? The actress Carmen, yes, but the San Diego, yeah, Carmen San Diego, <laughs> who plays Catwoman, was like, yeah, it, it's gonna jump forward in time. So I, I was just like, you should recast me. I'm somehow getting worse at acting, so yeah. you should probably do that. But they've recast Ivy so many times. Why did they keep her on? I, I don't know. I, I think it was <laughs> like, a, but I tell me, Greg, this provided a good opportunity for her to step Skip back one episode and not. Yeah. But that's, that's what's weird about it is like, they should have done it a while ago, but she didn't want to go forward in, in the future of the show. I think that's kind of shown for a while. And I think this would just presented a really good opportunity for her to be like, I'm stepping aside. One thing I really liked real quick <laughs> uh, that felt stupid and bad screenwriting, but then actually did make sense is uh, Bruce and Selena are together uh-huh. and Bruce knows he's leaving and it's very easy to say, Hey, I'm leaving. Yeah. But he leaves a note. Yeah. Classic. Always leave a note. Uh, and I was like, okay, that's stupid. But it sort of like makes you realize the kind of person that Bruce Wayne is, which is a coward in nothing except for all personal yeah. relationships. Uh-huh. And this is how he handles everything, you know? This is young Bruce learning that, oh, don't handle anything no. interpersonal, yeah. you know? And always blame the job. Uh, moments of the week, Ryan? Uh, mine is that there's a new Selena Kyle next week. <laughs> yes! Uh, in this awful fight with Nissa Al Ghul, Barbara says, uh, you do have something in common with oh, your yeah. father. You both love getting stabbed by this knife, <laughs> and then she proceeds to, with baby bats, stab Nissa Al Ghul in the same exact improbable way that Nissa Al Ghul's father, Ross Al Ghul, was stabbed. It's the craziest little bit of TV ever. And you got to admit that's incredible dialogue because most people would say, you both have been stabbed. Yeah. But she yeah. says, you both you love being stabbed. I don't know that either it. character actually enjoyed it that much. They both died shortly after the time. Mike? Uh, mine is, I have a tied one bad, one good. The bad is uh, Harvey says they're just innocent soldiers following orders, which is no such thing. That you are no longer an innocent soldier. You're a piece of shit. It's because Bane snapped their leader's neck, so they all went. I guess we're following yeah, him sure. now. Bane, Bane, then, right? That's I, I think army that is, rules. You were in the army, Mike, but yeah. I think that you weren't in that part of it. I think that's right. how it works. That's the, how the, the special forces. Yeah. Yeah. If someone comes in and snaps the neck of your commanding officer, you're supposed to just be like, okay, I'm. I'm here. That guy. was the army that Greg and I were in. Yeah, and that's why we're very different people. And then uh, my good moment of the week is. 
uh, Oswald's eye got blown off by the grenade, and then Riddler's trying to be like, it's okay, but he's puking his yeah. way through. He's like, it looks, it looks fine. <laughs> uh, and it was delightful. Uh, Gotham is on Thursday nights on Fox. Your next show this For week one more is week. The Tick. This week on The Tick, Dot is a vigilante helping Overkill, which bothers Arthur, and Danger Boat goes into self-destruct sequence when forced to confront his past. Taste buds, I ask you this. How does The Tick, the silly meta-superhero farce we watch, handle a talking boat, PTSD, and lost love? Pretty well, honestly. Like, it's not high. Like, it's not Ibsen. Uh-huh. Uh, what is? It's not the boathouse. What is it? <laughs> but it is, I, I, for a show that has a talking sentient boat named Danger Boat, <laughs> I felt like it handled this very well. Also, also, is Arthur starting to starting to maybe reciprocate those feelings so. for a Danger Boat? He definitely understands. I'm shipping them, you guys. Shipping, shipping them, oh! you guys. Hold on. Let's make we get a clean cut of it. Okay. I'm shipping them, you guys. Good. We can use that in promotional material. He's definitely now understanding that you can't just treat this boat like, like property. Yeah. Like you have to understand that he has a crush on you. He told you I identify as a man. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a person. I'm, a, I'm not a boat. And, and that's, what, that's what wins him out is Arthur is that even Overkill doesn't treat him like a person, even though they're best friends, is he, he treats DB like a person and he talks him through grief. Like yeah. He's just like, <laughs> most real people I know don't treat each other that way. And you should be at least as empathetic as Overkill, right? Yes. That's how you should handle people. Uh, I really enjoyed that uh, Danger Boat's table is named Danger Table. Danger Table, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, love loved that little bit. I feel like they're getting a lot better with the Tick's antennae. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that they use it a lot more in the show. than They were kind of just random in the first season, but this one, they use it like if he wants to go a certain direction, they'll go that direction, or if he wants to indicate something, they'll kind of like wah, wah, <laughs> indicate over to the side. Uh, how did you guys feel about uh, when Danger Boat says, I love you, and... Arthur uh, said, I know. <laughs> Arthur says, I know you do. Would, do you, would Did that play for you guys, or was that... I would have preferred a Princess Bride reference, right, instead of an Empire reference. Right, yeah. Was That we- uh, that was weird. They didn't pick- this, this show is hitting Princess Bride hard. Yeah, oh, yeah, dude. It got all up inside that Princess Bride. So what would the, like, I love you as you wish? That doesn't fucking make sense. I, I- am the Princess Bride. <laughs> oh, I remember, everybody knows that line. Are you oh yeses? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, that uh, that struck me as odd because I was like, "That's not from." What if he was just like, "I am Indigo Montoya. <laughs> you are my father. You killed my father. <laughs> you are my father. You and are you my, my father. father. <laughs> Prepare to die." <laughs> the best part about this episode is now that like Dot is finally making decisions, uh-huh. we have all these different levels of like how severe of a vigilante you're going right. to be, yeah. Yeah. and everybody's bouncing back. And, some people are bouncing back and forth. Like Tick is the clearest. This is no what's kidding. right and this is what's wrong. But everybody's going closer to that case by case basis, mm-hmm. you know? And they have their like, but Danger Boat said, or well, Dot said, you know, and well, using and each other. The, the way to do that, like to treat Overkill like his code of honor, like a genie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you saved my life, so I, you, <laughs> yeah. I grant you one you wish. You get to cancel an earlier wish. <laughs> and then yeah. Tick being like, something's different. He's like, no. And he's like, you seem more killy than you. But he's such, a, like, he's such a classic boyfriend of being like, I really, I don't kill anymore, but I wish I could. Yeah. And just waiting for the significant other to say, yeah, do it. Yes, now I have permission. <laughs> I, also, I really like the Dot's vigilante outfit is she just puts on a leather jacket and eyeliner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like a real dark eyeliner. Oh, yes. so dark. dark Dot. I'm there for it, man. Uh, I like how uh, this show captures the spirit of the tick, which is staging really ridiculous scenes and not like leaning on how ridiculous they are. But later when you think about it, you're like, that was crazy. 
these scenes in like the uh, break room of Aegis headquarters, oh, where just like various superheroes are hanging out and drinking coffee while in costume. Is so absurd, but they don't play it for that hardcore of a joke. But later, when you think on it, you're like, yeah, they're just on break. Yeah. Yeah. Three superheroes sitting together eating croissants, drinking coffee. The flexometric man was like, hey, <laughs> what are you doing here, bronze man, you yeah. old so-and-so? <laughs> <laughs> and was he was like, oh, I just keep my dues up so I can eat the coffee and drink the yeah. croissants. Yeah, he just what likes that? to hang out. He uses it like a, a twice-a-week we work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're almost out of time for talking about the tick. Do you guys have moments of the week? I sure do. Do you want to come right, right to me? <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> I was just answering the question. Uh, Superion trying to remind people like how important <laughs> he is to them, uh, as per his conversation with Arthur, carves into Devil's Tower a huge effigy of himself. Yeah. Oh, and he's man. like, and he's quoted as saying, like, I did this for you. <laughs> <laughs> and just that idea of like Superman being so off where he wants to reconnect with people but doesn't know a good way to do it and how creepy it is to make yourself a big <laughs> statue. But, like, Arthur not being as powerful as all the people he hangs out with, right, and sort of figuring out his suit, and yet watching what he has helped Danger right. Boat and uh, Superion uh-huh. go through in this episode. That's a lot of power, bud. Ryan, moment of the week? My moment of the week is, I think I have a thing, between Vanya's Act 3 makeup and Dot's Act 3 makeup, yeah. guys. <laughs> Whew. Dark yeah. dot, dude. Apparently, I'm into dark hot dot. dot com. <laughs> uh, Mike, uh, it is the quote. I kept that promise, but then someone else saved my life and made me promise to kill again. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's mine. That was mine. Yes. That what was... a particular code of honor. <laughs> oh, I, guys, I love overkill. <laughs> you uh, had to promise to kill again. <laughs> I had to promise to kill again. Uh, the tick is on Amazon Prime all the time. Woo-hoo. Your next show this week is Sabrina. This week on Sabrina, it's time for Witches Valentine's Day, where young witches hunt the most dangerous game, Dick. <laughs> Sabrina wants to bone Nick Scratch, but Nick's familiar, a werewolf mother, is cock-blocking pretty hard, so she ends up having to get put down uh, twice. And they still don't bone after all that. What? <laughs> Meanwhile, Theo comes out to his dad. Harvey and Roz are officially a thing. Father Blackwood proposes to Aunt Zelda. Miss Wardwell's fiancé comes home, and Dr. Cerberus is an incubus. But whatever tomorrow brings, Hilda will be there. Taste Buds, I ask you this. How many familiars do you think Nick has killed, quote-unquote, in order to get into somebody's pants? Four? All of them. Like, absolutely has to be. There's no way he was like, oh, man, yeah, it's, it's weird. Like, I... My familiar is just really jealous whenever I have like a really strong connection to someone. So does he fuck his familiars? Uh, <laughs> maybe that that was the uh, the thing that was like a little bit weird about this episode was it wasn't quite clear like is he fucking his familiar or not? But uh, we'll never know. Aren't they always like lizards or turtles? But his is a werewolf. His is a full full sized werewolf that can teleport apparently. So we and got some may... Mona from Legends of Tomorrow going on, and he may or may not make love to this? I don't think so. He was like this after my parents were all murdered. This, she was the only thing that I had. And so it's like a maternal love. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But also like his familiar doesn't want him having sex with people. So like that's weird. Maternal love. I wonder if some people are like furry amorous. 
where they themselves are not a furry, oh, but like that they're attracted to furries. Because I can see that really working for that particular group of people if that were true. Uh, anyway, this was a <laughs> uh, crazy episode where a lot of almost fucking happened. Uh, but my moment of the week was uh, they've set up Roz as the religious one. So I'm like, yeah, she's the goody two-shoes. But Sabrina astral projects to be like, hey, Roz, I think I'm going to bone today. And she's like, Roz, what was it like when you boned? And Roz is like, oh, you mean when I fucked at Bible camp? Oh. You guys, that was a reveal I was not prepared for, and I love it. Uh, Sabrina's on Netflix all the time. It's a good show. Shit goes down at Bible camp, y'all. It really does. That's just a fact. Your next show this week is Supergirl. On this week's episode of Supergirl, Kara and Lena head to Stryker's Island to find some clues. While James is convinced to talk to someone about his PTSD. Taste buds, I ask you this. What's the most dangerous name of an island you would travel to? Like, Blank Island. Mm. Maui. I think, like, Dick Spider Island. Dick Spider Island you would go to. <laughs> yeah, I think anything there. past that I would not go to, but Hold that's on. the one. Spiders that like dick, spiders that have big Eight. dicks, or spiders that are in the shape of dicks. Eight oh. dicks, their legs look like dicks. I, I, I was thinking, like, dicks that are full of spiders. <laughs> like, Skull oh. Island you stay away from. Yeah, I don't yeah. like skulls. Atari Island. Fire Island, too much partying for me. Can't handle it. I got to be in bed by 9.30. How about that one island that Pablo Escobar used to own? <laughs> hey, that- can you say his name one time again for me real quick? Pablo Escobar. Okay, cool. And one more time and he appears? Pablo Escobar. <gasps> hey, Pablo. <laughs> uh, uh, Supergirl's on Sunday nights on duh. CW. Your next show this week is Riverdale. Did he just straight up say duh? <laughs> This week on Riverdale, the Joneses have to play a game of G&G to get JB back. FP gets shot. Mama Jones has a side fight. And Jughead gets locked in a box. Meanwhile, Archie tries to reclaim his public image after killing a guy. Josie backdoor pilots herself off the show. And Betty finds out Evelyn is Edgar's wife and tries to rescue the twins from the farm before discovering that Tony has turned on her. Also, how Cooper dies in a bush crafts off screen. <laughs> Taste buds, I ask you this. With only a handful of episodes left, can Riverdale bring it home? I think that this is the thing. This is the this is where we Yahtzee. This is where we threw everything in and shaped it up, shook it up, and now I'm ready. I have I, I been saying that for like six weeks straight? Mm-hmm. I think so, because I I am I was so frustrated watching this episode because it really felt like they were literally just going around and they would be like, all right, quick cut, 15 seconds to just deliver exposition. Then we're going to go to what that exposition just talked about, have a conversation for 10 seconds, and they're like, all right, now we're stealing some babies. And, <laughs> and, it, was, and it was like that quick. And then they were like, all right, now go back to whatever Archie's doing where he like ran through the rain for no reason. Which is fine. Like You basically just described the wire. But with Riverdale, uh, I just need it all to be crazy if you're going to do this. And then sometimes it's like Veronica is like, very, she's doing a very good job of like managing a boxing empire. Yeah. And that, that's not exciting. <laughs> I think that was the parts that they were just cut to, and then they're like, "And here I am with my with my boxers, and they've just taken a drug <laughs> test, and as you can see, they were totally clean, so they didn't take the drugs that killed that guy. So no one can press charges. And then she'll be like, Betty, back to you. Yeah, but the camera doesn't leave; like it just stands <laughs> on her. And then it goes to Betty, and Betty's like, "I don't know, I'm doing like." A whole one woman Rosemary's Baby scenario that we are not talking about. So we have Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. We have Sophie's Choice. We have a straight up, like, choose the twin that you want to keep. Yes, 100%. 
And but yeah, I think that was my biggest problem with this episode is there were so many moments where they like did a reveal. Like they turn and they're like, oh, Tony's been working against you this whole time. And they go to a basement and it's red lighting and everyone <laughs> at the farm's like, yes, we all know that she's his wife. We still love him. Join us, Betty. Join us. And that scene would work if the whole episode was built up for that. But it, we had three episodes in this episode. What about the reveal that this is uh, the 10th junior year for... Oh, that... I sort Ms. of... What's her name? Uh, yeah, Miss Evernever. Ever. Uh, yeah, that one was one of those things where I felt like they were almost like breaking the fourth wall where they're like, yeah, we know all these actors yeah. are 33. <laughs> like, yeah, it's whatever. She's, yeah, she's definitely been a junior for 10 years. Could I pull this off? If I went to high school tomorrow, I was like, what's up, homies? Hello, <laughs> you. Well, uh, what was your moment of the week? Uh, I've got a couple. Um, one is uh, Hiram being Hiram. Oh. When they say, hey, can we transfer Hal to your new jail? Like one of those uh, special rooms. He's like, oh, the waterfront rooms. They do have very nice views of the ocean. <laughs> In the jail. Uh, but ultimately, my uh, moment of the week has to be the single greatest punch in television history. Uh, Jughead's pissed, and what's-his-butt is tied up at the house. Yes. And he walks in and punches. I've never seen a TV character punch another TV character so hard. He, like, knocks him the fuck out. Really just, just wailed on him. Uh, my moment of the week is it has to be the moment where they're going on this adventure. They go down to the what used to be a gargoyle den. It's now a serpent den. And Kurtz goes, all right, now you have to fight someone for it. And it's fucking Penny Peabody who arrives. She has one eye now. Uh, she's still fucked up on her arm. And they're like, all right, you have to fight her with size. Like it's fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And then Penny Peabody loses and gets stabbed in the leg like she's the fucking Riverdale rickety cricket. <laughs> Every time we see her, she's lost another thing. You know what? I, I would have stabbed her in the other eye because yeah. two yeah. pirate patches that's oh. hilarious uh riverdale is on wednesday nights on the cw your next show this week is legends of tomorrow this week on legends sarah must go to purgatory to save ava and the two get stuck in a metaphysical ikea of the soul where they get into relationship stuff and build understanding and a cabinet <laughs> meanwhile neron wants to use the body of ava as a vessel for a demon named tabitha which is some hereditary shit and i am not here for it <laughs> Luckily for me, Nora tricks Neron into jumping out of Desmond and almost has him trapped before he escapes secretly into Ray. Waffles! No! <laughs> so, gentlemen, I ask you this. How did this serve as another important chapter of Sarah and Ava, greatest love story ever told? It's funny. I feel like I spend the first 10 minutes of every Legends episode like, all right, what genre are you going to give me? Uh-huh. And when I found out, it was just like uh, Ikea of the soul. I was uh -huh. like, oh. But those are actually... <laughs> more often than not, better Legends episodes uh -huh. yeah. because we're not making like horror movie jokes, right? They're just using this for like this booster for character moments and they all worked. Yeah, I've had all those Ikea fights. It was really nice to see that on the big screen. <laughs> I have a very big TV. Uh, <laughs> not to brag, but it's pretty large. And I've been pretty down on Ava this season and this... Even with the wet hot American horror like slasher movie... I don't know what you're referencing. Okay. Uh, I, I think her her issues with Sarah, I'm only team Sarah, and not just because I'm all about Sarah. It's the, the writers have done a very bad job at showing Ava's side, and not in the actual thing that broke them up, but for how they view the world differently. This episode did a very good job at showing Ava's side. So, yeah, in the, in the Wet Hot American Bummer episode, uh, Ava wasn't necessarily saying, do my choices. but it Oh, was, and they turned into kids. Yes. Yeah. When they just make choices. Yes. And so Sarah's always like, no, never make choices. And so keeping that going in this episode, mm -hmm. I thought 
I don't know. I've been, I've, I think I'm Team Ava. Think for a second and move on. But the reason they broke up, it was, you're torturing animals. And Ava went, just listen to me. And she's like, but you're not listening to me. And I, fuck Ava. But for here, they view the world differently. Sometimes take a breath, think a thing through, read an instruction or two. I think I'm just Team Sarah and Ava. Because... You I've, want those crazy kids to make it? Yeah. I mean, we've seen them as 13-year-old girls like discovering love for each other we've seen them now as older women discovering their love for each other it feels like there's like an epic sweep to their relationship mm-hmm. and we've been there for every moment of it because it's it's existed like kind of in real time um and so i i feel like i root for them so heavily and this episode is like you know what they're gonna be all right they didn't use makeup on the actors they found older women to play them how do you think yeah. that went like did they, did they get close i like that to be honest, I think we should go back to that standard. Yeah, because it's always cause it more often than not looks a little goofy when it's old person makeup. So yeah, just I'm recast. an old man. Sorry now. for thirty seconds. It's a different actor. Yeah, who would try to make a very attractive person look like an old man? Who would even do that? Uh, we have to do moments of the week. No, that's insane. I, dude. I know. I know. It's not okay that Mona just reads Zari's text over his shoulder. Zari's not being rude. She's having a private moment, and Mona like steals her phone and reads her text. Fuck Mona. Mona needs to get off Mona the sucks. show. Yeah. Fuck Mona. Uh, Mona, Mona of the week. It's the uh, IKEA furniture building. Mm-hmm. Like this was a moment that we've all had, legend style, and I really like that. Uh, they mentioned Bebo for the first time, like <gasps> in this part of the season. And I, I'm pretty... That's you good. tear up? Well, good for them. I mean, honestly, I could see the show trying to go to that well way too often, uh-huh. and they hardly even have mentioned it recently. And I think that shows good discipline, and it also means the next time we get a Bebo moment, we're going to all be really happy. Oh, love Bebo. Mike? Uh, three. Uh, it's okay, everybody fine. just decides three to... Sure, sure whatever. Everybody decides to give shit Zari about her powers. They're like, yeah, I mean, you just... You just Move the wind a little. That's not scary. Like, and they, we find out all of them think it's a lame ass power. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Nate just spits booze right in Ray's face because he remembers something. Like, there's no real reason for spit take. He just yeah. decides to do that. And then uh, Sarah and Ava, Ava just goes, Life is boring sometimes, and that's okay. And I'm like, Fuck yeah, Ava. <laughs> that's real. So, wait, is Ava a robot? Yeah. I would say she's uh, a, a Ava out of 10. God, God, fucking damn it! Deary. God, fucking boom, damn it! Boom. You turn my, you turn my own goddamn thing against me. You son of a bitch! Legends of Tomorrow is on Monday nights on the CW. Your next show this week is Doom Patrol. This week's episode of Doom Patrol introduces us to the evil bounty hunter Beard Hunter. No, a man who can track anyone by consuming their facial hair. Keeping the theme going, Niles Calder becomes a beard hunter himself. A lady beard hunter. <laughs> as we also see how he got his powers by finding a place on the map where time seems to stand still and he falls in love with a cave woman. Taste buds, I ask you this. Which storyline wins this week? Beard Hunter versus Calder. Oh. It was a good balance of heart and gross fart. laughs. Heart and fart. Uh, there wasn't a lot of laugh. I like that the Niles... The show didn't make fun of the fact that he hooked up with a lady with a beard. It's true. Which, if it did, would f- betray... This show in general. The yeah. show is so pro. Danny the Street would have some issues Love is with love. That. Yeah. I think it is making a joke, but part of the joke is not to recognize that it is a joke. Mm-hmm. Part of the joke yeah. is to play it dead I, serious. I think part of the joke is that Niles Calder has fucked, like, he can fuck anything. He is just a sexual magnet. Because <laughs> I think that's what it's they've Timothy been playing. Dalton. Yeah, that's he's what, Bond, Yeah, baby. that's what they've been playing previously. It was like, he probably fucked that ghost horse. He probably <laughs> oh, fucked yeah. Danny the Street. 
And like as soon as this episode started, I wrote in my notes, oh, Niles is going to fuck a Yeti. Do you, <laughs> do you think Danny says, put it in my manhole? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just so archly, but then means it too. But, you know, it has to be a it has to be a joke on some level that he is shown falling in love with a woman who has a beard. I want here suit otherwise, but definitely has a beard. Oh, there's a straight in, up beard in the same oh, yeah. episode with beard, beard hunter. hunter. I wonder if beard hunter guys, I, I eat dinner when I watch television shows. <laughs> yeah. You and I was like, very careful with that. This episode, I was like, guys, I cannot wait to watch one of my favorite shows, Doom mm. Patrol. while I just tuck right into some dinner. And then that fucking, I just going to have some clam chowder. I a little bit did vomit. As that opposed was to so bad. As opposed to Danny the Street, which felt it was v- weird and strange and awesome and new, but felt very Doom Patrol. These are two storylines that felt like sort of tonally, but not really with Doom Patrol. And I wonder if they waited. Uh, we want people to buy the Niles Calder story mm-hmm. of Cablewoman Love. So what we'll do is we'll put the broadest Doom Patrol storyline right. that we have yeah, of Beard Hunter it. in there. Because it's not just that he eats facial hair. Like the performance of the, the actor. The performance is big. Is it, it's different than we have seen before. It's, it's and the a basement miss, right? troll. In in like yeah. in the balance, it's a miss of a performance. I thought right? the it first has... six minutes were great. Yeah. When I didn't yeah. know what was going on. Uh-huh. But then it just sort of became like a typical, uh, more typical, like way more typical than the tick satire of superheroes. I for me, this is so far my least favorite episode mm-hmm. of Doom Patrol. And the first time where I feel like it has shown potentially that there might be limits to this to all these wacky premises that some of them are going to be beard hunter and i think part of the joke i think is that it's such a bad idea and right, i think part right. of the joke is that it's executed so over the top but as an experience of watching it it just it left me cold and the thing is too is that it was beard hunter versus cyborg mm-hmm. yeah. and if it was versus robot man or um matt bomber what's his name uh, Mr. Raps, negative man, Mr. Raps, and these like two of the, uh, some of the characters who were like, "What Rebus? the fuck world are we living right. in?" That would have been different, but because it was the most DC hero versus a very cheesy DC villain, it didn't feel as Doom Patrol as we're used to. Do they call him Rebus on the show? Who's Rebus? Larry Trainer. I think no. they just call him Larry Trainer. Negative man. Yeah, they just call him Larry Trainer. They don't even say negative man yet. Yeah. yeah, I think he's only negative man in the credits thus far, and so. Everything now that Mr. Nobody knows about Niles Calder's like love, mm-hmm. he's gonna make some sort of move for her, and then they're gonna have to. I, I guess so. Is it that he fucked her and now he's immortal? Like, how did he become immortal? And is she just friends with the giant jackalope, or does she? I think she conjures it. Yeah. I well, and I, then it shows up at the end. It's very confusing. I haven't been confused by Doom Patrol in a while. <laughs> I was under the impression that the jackalope was feeding on the spirits of the dead, and that they are—it's a form of reincarnation. Uh-huh. But that could have just been all me putting that into the show because it was very unclear. And I think they intentionally made it that way. And she either calls it forth from nature or summons it into being, mm-hmm. or yeah. is it herself? Yeah, it was very strange, but yeah. I liked it. It was good. This sh- that, this is the thing. I'm worried that the show's like arms race with strangeness is catching up to it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of happens in the comics a little bit. After a while, when everything is so strange, nothing is. And I wonder if it's going to hit that wall. And this could either just be a misstep, and next week's episode will be the best one yet. Mm-hmm. But I just felt here like, Maybe the show's starting to wobble a little bit. This was the most human the show seemed. But we did have what we did have is uh, Mr. Nobody. Like his motivation is how do you be the best pure comic book villain? Uh-huh. And he that so like uh, everything he does is try to do that. And so he says, 
um, I'm going to kill your team if you don't tell me where your love is. And Niles Calder just refuses to like let him get the one up on him. And or maybe he's just in love with the cave woman and refuses to be the, you know, the like typical superhero to what Alan Tudyk wants. Mm-hmm, yeah. And so at least we got that last moment of I'm starting to finally piece together their relationship, which is we want to be as typical as comic book possible. Yeah. All right. Well, unfortunately, we have to start wrapping up this segment, but we're going to go around for our final moments of the week, starting with Mike. Uh, I've it's Rita in general, I think was awesome in this episode and she's getting better and better all the time from her like little preening dance. She does when she tells cyborg, she put a tracker in beard hunter <laughs> to he runs out and she goes, that gentleman is clearly a nut muffin. Like she knows <laughs> how Catherine Hepburn to go and she's fucking awesome. Uh, Greg, you're my only by and large. I did not like beard hunter except for a couple lines, but one of them was, uh, he says a man's beard knows all. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He's a, 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 another part. He's like secrets, s- mysteries, sandwiches and i have to tell you as somebody with a really big beard it knows all about every sandwich <laughs> that i eat he was just will ferrell from the end of wedding crashers right like if he became a superhero yeah. and just screamed meatloaf all the time <laughs> yeah uh ryan moment of the week. when we see people in the wilderness we always see them peeing but i can't believe that we saw timothy dalton take a fat shit in the <laughs> yeah. wilderness don't attack a man when he's squatting <laughs> yeah. in the wilderness that sucks uh, my moment of the week was uh, the fact that after last week, we had an over-under on amount of time until there was a boob on one of these shows. There was a boob. There was a hairy boob. Also, producer Dave texted me the other day and said that there's a ton of boobs in the Doom Patrol pilot. Remember how Brendan Fraser's just getting down oh, on that? Yeah. Oh, right. He's so many railing boobs. in that pilot. Oh, I totally forgot. Yeah, yeah there's boobs all over that. So boobs that for w- days. Screaming under, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like we were just really wrong. Blooming right. onion, screaming <laughs> under. <laughs> oh, fuck. I want to bloom an onion now. <laughs> I'm hungry. All right, guys. Doom Patrol is on DC Universe. It comes out on Friday. So we can go home and just watch it right now. And it's great. I'm going to do that. Four blooming onions, and we're heading to home. Oh, Four blooming onions, and cool let's get 20,000 cows. Get your own, guys. Uh, that is all the shows for this week. Next week, we're talking about the Gotham finale, and also we're meeting Robot Man's daughter. So tune in for that episode. Which one are you guys more excited for? Probably the return of hardcore, hardcore Roy Parker. Okay, yeah, that's the thing that I didn't mention. That is also happening next week. But so, like, it's very hard to be excited about that, though. Roy Parker? I love gives him. gives a shit? Is this a show we actually have to watch called Hardcore Parkour Roy Parker? <laughs> He's a reality show. It's, 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 <laughs> He's got his own YouTube channel. He's a real ass superhero. Hey guys, in this is Roy. <laughs> uh, that is all of the shows for this week. For Greg, I'm Taylor for Taylor. I'm Mike for Mike. I am Ryan, and Ryan is the whole entire world, and we love him. But also you, the listener, for listening to our shows. The way that we do shows And me sometimes Cause I like hey. to listen to our like, show Did you hear towards the end Where Taylor said And that's all the shows this week Towards the end And then almost said it again next week And then did the next week for a second time <laughs> I was hoping no. that happened What? No, no, no that, You definitely did Hey we were whispering to each other You're supposed to keep singing And like then an I asshole. sing my song Kill myself for you, cause you're my favorite listener. What? what? Specifically you, who is listening to this still. I think hype men are supposed to be like, well, what? As it's supposed <laughs> what, to be like, what? What? What, what? 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 the fuck did he say? Urge hurt himself. What did Urge say? What's he doing? Anyway, that's the show. <laughs>